welcome to Remember the Prisoner, where we can relate and remember you in your cell or wherever you are. We want to exalt Jesus, equip the believer, and encourage inmates and their families. We are not complete without you. Thank you for tuning in. Hey, hey, y'all, this is Jack. We're back at Remember the Prisoner, where we really do care about you, and we want to obey God. God tells us to remember those of us who are in prison, just like we're in the cell with you. Well, I haven't been incarcerated, but I have a team with a bunch of other guys, and we've got about 90 years of incarceration on the team. And so we're working together to be a blessing to you. We want to encourage you. We want to equip you. And of course, above all, we want to exalt Jesus Christ. Well, today we have a program for you that's pretty short. We've got a great testimony by one of my friends who loves the Lord, and I'm grateful to have worked with him. He was at the Clements unit when I was a chaplain there, and I've got a little bit of his testimony. I'd like to share that with you now. Then, after that, we have a prayer request from Germany, and then have a short Bible study lined up after that. Hang on. Okay, so my name is Greg Woodard, and um, I spent 19 years in prison in the Texas Department of Criminal Justice. Uh, I got to the Clements unit in 2003, and God was already working on my heart. Uh, I spent uh, 16 of the 18 years I was at the Clements unit uh, in in the ministry doing sound, part of the, the music team, and and uh, all of that while I was there. And in 2018, an interesting thing happened. Now, I was participating in a lot of activities at the time. Uh, doing Bible studies, doing church service and different things. But a new chaplain came in at the end of 2017 and he saw that there were several guys that were serving in the church. And uh, he approached me one day and he says, Hey, how would you like to uh, learn this new thing called discovery Bible studies? And I said, well, that sounds interesting. And so he gave me a book. He gave me the, the book Contagious Disciple Making by David and Paul Watson. I had no idea who David and Paul Watson were at the time. And, and I thought I was pretty well read. And so uh, over the next couple of weeks, actually two days, I read the book and then I read it again a second time. And I was very intrigued by the book. But over the next couple of weeks, you know, Jack began to ask me, he said, well, what do you think about the book? What do you think about maybe doing some discovery Bible studies on the on the climate unit? And, and I said, that, that sounds very interesting. And so a week and a half, about a week and a half in, he goes, how about if we go over and do uh, discovery Bible studies on three building? Well, three building is medium custody inmates. Medium custody inmates are guys that have gotten into trouble after they've been in prison. And so they go into to medium custody. And, and um so he said, well, let's go over to, and do some Bible studies on, on three building. I said, well, you all go and have a good time doing Bible studies over on three building. <clears throat> and uh, so 
he didn't take no for an answer, which was really cool. And so over the next couple of weeks, he, he kept, you know, prodding me. And finally, finally, I, I, uh, uh, succumbed to his, uh, wiles there and, and, uh, said, okay, well, I'll, I'll go with you to do Bible studies on, on three building. And he had gotten a group of about six or seven of us guys together. And he had been training us this whole time to do discovery Bible studies. And so we had the day picked out to go do a discovery Bible study. It was on a Tuesday. And as we were, the, the day came and we're going to go right after the, the uh, second count of the day and count won't clear. And so everybody's, you know, frustrated, count won't clear. And I live in the dorms and the other six guys all live in the buildings. So count finally cleared. And because I live in the dorms and it's, it's a little bit more, you got a little bit more movement. I shot straight out the door and headed up to the chapel. I get to the chapel and I'm the only one there. Jack comes out of the office and he goes, well, let's go on over to three building and do discovery Bible studies. And I'm pretty excited anyway. I said, okay. So I load up the chairs. We load up the Bibles. We take the cart. We push over to three building. And uh, what I didn't know at the time is Jack is the on-call chaplain. So he's got the cell phone. So if there's an emergency or something on the, on the unit, then he ha- he's the guy that gets notified and, and he has to do death messages and things like that. So we get over there, walk through the door and there's seven guys there. And two of the guys I know, one of them I'd been in, in that class with over in, in the vocation or in education, really good guy. But the other, other six guys, I knew one of them and five of them, I had no idea who they were. And so we get in there and we start doing the discovery Bible studies and I'm having a blast. And about five or 10 minutes into the, the doing the discovery Bible studies, Jack's phone starts to flash and he, he looks at it and says, well, I got to go. And so he picks up and he leaves me in three building with these seven guys that are medium custody. He leaves me there, leaves me there by myself. But again, like I said, we're doing the Bible studies and we're having a blast. We're having a really good time. And uh, so we do the Bible studies and then our time is up. Jack hasn't made it back over there. I'm supposed to be escorted back to the chapel from from uh, three building. The sergeant looks at me and tells me, get out of here. And so I load the Bibles up, load the chairs up push the cart back to one building, back to the the chapel. And I get back to the chapel and the guys, the other six guys had made it out from count. And I started telling them about the discovery Bible studies and they were having a blast and we were having a blast. And they're like, they're also excited. So they're ready to go to the next time. But the cool thing about the discovery Bible studies that I had never done before, every Bible study I'd ever been involved in, in before, even interactive Bible studies, it was always, there was always somebody leading the Bible study and they were giving a perspective on what the Bible study meant and how things did. But this one was so different because we just put God's word out there and God's word spoke for itself. And each person got to say, you know, what, what, what this says about God, what this says about man. And, and if you believe this is about God, what should you change in your life to comply or conform with, with this passage of scripture? I had never done anything like that before. And so it, it just had me so excited about doing discovery Bible studies. We started with this first group of, of, uh, you know, six or seven guys over in, in uh, three building. And then all of a sudden there's two groups of, of uh, five and then there's three and then there's five. And finally there was like six and seven groups 
of four and five people over there doing discovery Bible studies every week. Well, by this time, we'd already started doing it. We were doing them over in seven building, which is another separate building, which is general population inmates. And we were doing them over in eight building. And then we had started doing a couple of them for the guys in the dorms up in the in the chapel. And then we finally moved into the new chapel about a year and a half later. And by the time we finished, we had oh probably almost 30, 30 groups of men between a three building in the chapel because all the other ones have moved to the chapel now. And we had well over 300 men doing discovery Bible studies. And I was so excited about that. <clears throat> and so then 2000, uh, 2020 hits and COVID hits. And uh, interesting and lo- enough that the discovery Bible studies, even though we were locked down a lot, uh, they continued because we had men that this was burning in their hearts, being able to talk to other men about Jesus Christ, about Genesis to Jesus and what the, you know, what the, uh, the Bible meant with the Bible speaking for itself. And so we continue to do these during COVID. Well, COVID was kind of a, a, a bad thing and a good thing because a whole lot of guys got shipped off of the unit during COVID as well. But now these guys are sending him letters to the post office box and saying, hey, I'm down here at this unit. Can you can you tell me what the, the latest one was? Can you give me the scripture list? Can you give me a copy of the, the checkoff sheet? And so he starts sending this stuff to these other units. So now we've got Discovery Bible studies going on at other units as well. Dear brothers and sisters, this is Thomas from Germany. Thank you for your prayers. Things are starting to change. In Hannah's Discovery Bible group, the participants are taking steps and are sharing the stories from the Bible with their unbelieving friends. This coming Friday, they will have to do the Bible study without Hannah, since we are at a leaders meeting this entire weekend. So one of the participants will take the group through the questions. Please pray that God will meet them in special ways And they will be focused and go through all the questions and articulate the action steps. Thank you also for praying for Jay. I was able to share the gospel with him last week. It really made him think and he started to take steps towards repentance. However, in the meantime, a situation came up that he didn't follow through with his step of repentance. We will meet again this Wednesday to talk and to read the Bible together. Please pray that God will encounter him and draw him to himself. One of our disciple makers, Lisa, has started to read the Bible with her grandma via telephone. This Wednesday they will read again. Please pray that it will take place and that she will take action steps and share the stories. Also, her grandma has a conflict with her daughter. Please pray they can resolve their conflict. Lisa also has a discovery Bible study going with M and um, M has started to share the stories of the Bible with her spouse. So please pray that her spouse will also become open to read the Bible. This weekend, we will be at a leaders meeting of our house church network. Some of the leaders have participated in the last training on disciple making movements, and I would like to talk to them about further steps. Please pray that God would bring me in contact with the right people and grant good conversations. In the last weeks, I realized that one important task will be to develop leaders and delegate tasks so the Disciple Network can keep growing. We need to identify leaders and clarify what the major tasks are and how a leadership team for the network should look like. Please pray for God's wisdom and guidance in the process. Thank you so much again for your prayers. 
May God bless you richly. Many greetings from Germany. Thomas. Thank you, Thomas. And thank you to the rest of you for listening with us and caring and praying about these requests. There's a whole bunch more to come, but we'll cover that in another broadcast. Now, we talk a lot about prayer on this podcast, and we're going to keep talking about it. Well, I've got one more Bible study note about what kind of prayer God really likes. It's not that we're trying to change his mind. We're trying to line ourselves up with his heart and to do what he likes. And anyway, here it is. June 17. What kind of prayer pleases God? This is the one to whom I will look. He who is humble and contrite in spirit and trembles at my word. Isaiah 66, 2. The first mark of the upright heart is that it trembles at the word of God. Isaiah 66 deals with the problem of some who worship in a way that pleases God and some who worship in a way that doesn't. Verse 3 describes the wicked who bring their sacrifices. He who slaughters an ox is like one who kills a man. Their sacrifices are an abomination to God on a par with murder. Why? In verse 4, God explains, When I called, no one answered. When I spoke, they did not listen. Their sacrifices were abominations to God because the people were deaf to his voice. But what about those whose prayers God heard? God says in verse 2, This is the one to whom I will look. He who is humble and contrite in spirit and trembles at my word. I conclude from this that the first mark of the upright whose prayers are a delight to God is that they tremble at God's word. These are the people to whom the Lord will look. So, the prayer of the upright that delights God comes from a heart that at first feels precarious in the presence of God. It trembles at the hearing of God's word because it feels so far from God's ideal and so vulnerable to his judgment and so helpless and so sorry for its failings. This is just what David said in Psalm 51:17. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. The first thing that makes a prayer acceptable to God is the brokenness and humility of the one who prays. They tremble at his word. So let's remember to humble ourselves before the Lord. Remember, we can't do anything without him. Just like Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. Well, nothing good anyway. I can sure pull a lot of bonehead stunts in my own self. But you know, if we can be of assistance, you can write us, especially in prayer. We're trying to develop a global prayer network 
and we want to hear from you. That's a Jack, P.O. Box 19321, Amarillo, Texas, 79114. That's Remember the Prisoner Podcast, officially, at P.O. Box 19321, Amarillo, Texas, 79114. God bless you real good. Till next time.